Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Good morning, everybody. What is worship? Well, before we get on to that, let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we get time to spend with you, to worship you, and to live lives worthy of worshipping you. And so, Lord, as we go through what is worship today, I pray that you'll use this to talk to us and to really show us what it is to live a life in complete worship to you. Amen. As a child growing up, as the son of a worship leader, I was introduced to the term worship very early on. My pops would regularly read from the Bible in his worship slot, and he'd read verses like this one in Psalm 96, verse 9. It reads this, Worship the Lord in all his holy splendour. Let all the earth tremble before him. Tell all the nations... The Lord reigns. Now, the book of Psalms in the Bible is filled with hundreds of anthems used in the religious celebrations of Jesus, and they clearly instructed the people back then and now how to worship God. Imagine this, though. I'm a rather energetic eight-year-old, running about, listening and watching my pops sing and play his 12-string acoustic guitar, even though... I heard the word worship in so many things, like people's testimonies, in conversation, in songs, and, as I got older, reading it in the Bible, I didn't completely understand what it meant. So over the next few minutes, I'm going to try and explain what worship is. Firstly, the priority of worship. Let's start with the go-to view of worship. Worship is not the slow song that the bandit church sings. Worship is not the amount you place in the offering basket. And worship is not volunteering in children's church. Yes, these are the acts of expressions of worship, but they do not define what true worship really is. There are numerous definitions of the word worship, yet one in particular captures the weight we should give to worship as a spiritual discipline. It's from the Webster Dictionary, and it says this, Worship is to honour with extravagant love and extreme submission. True worship, in other words, is defined by the priority we place on who God is in our lives and where God is on our list of priorities. True worship is a matter of the heart, expressed through a lifestyle of holiness. Okay, so what is holiness? Well, Webster also defines this too. Perfect moral integrity or purity, freedom from sin, sanctity, innocence. If your lifestyle does not express the beauty of holiness through an extravagant or exaggerated love for God, and you do not live in excessive submission to God, then I invite you to make worship a non-negotiable priority in your life. Sounds heavy, right? 
Well, I think it should be that heavy. It should carry that much weight. We worship God because he's God. Full stop. Our extravagant love and extreme submission to him flows out of the reality that God loved us first. As we have just been through the celebration of Jesus coming back to life at Easter, I urge you to find God. And don't go looking for the Easter eggs the supposed Easter bunny leaves for you. God's presence are never ending. They're never failing. Will never do you harm. They're made to build you up. They're made to support you and prepare you for eternity with him. It is of course fitting to thank God for all these things he has done for us. However, true worship is shallow if it is solely an acknowledgement of God's wealth. In the book of Psalms in the Bible, chapter 96, verses 5 to 6, it says this, The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honour and majesty surround him, strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. That's from the NLT version. The message version puts it like this. God made the heavens. Royal splendour radiates from him. A powerful beauty sets him apart. In other words, our worship must be toward the one who is worthy simply because of his identity as the almighty, all-knowing and far-reaching one. And not just because God is wealthy and able to meet our needs and answer our prayers. We must focus our practice of worship on the worthiness of God and not his wealthiness. The person we worship, think about this. Would you continue to worship God if from this day forward God's miraculous signs and wonders were not so profoundly evident in your life? Would God still be worthy of your worship? Or is your worship completely dependent upon the abundance of God's blessings upon your life? Do you only worship God for what he can do for you? Because our God's unimaginable generosity towards us, God in all of his glory chooses to respond to us through our worship. This is the promise that when we worship God with extravagant love and extreme submission, God will come and be close to us, to reveal himself to us. The promise is not that we feel great or that our heavy load will be lifted, but that God will come. And when God comes in his own time as a response to our worship, Psalm 96 says this, Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it Shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. When we worship God, he will look at our hearts first. The other benefits that we tend to expect because we lift up our feeble hands and shout out with our weak voices are worthless if our hearts are not right with God. Look, when we offer God our true worship, we are inviting him to inspect our hearts for anything that is not like him. This is the promise of worship. We can be transformed into God's likeness because he will reveal the truth about the condition of our hearts as we worship him. 
Worship is having an extravagant or exaggerated love for God. I dare you to be brave enough to make worship a non-negotiable priority in your life. Evaluate your expressions of worship so that through singing, declaring and giving, you will, as it says in Psalm 96, 8, give to the Lord the glory he deserves. The promise is that when we worship God in this way, he will come and he'll come and he'll hang out with us. And above all, God will respond to your worship by making your heart more like his. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that we will start to worship you and we worship you for your worthiness, Lord. Not what we can get from you, but because you're worthy. And Lord, I pray that when we worship in any way, Lord, that you will come, as you said. And Lord, make our hearts more like yours. In your name. Amen. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.